Hi, Jonathan Williams here at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, that's a podcast about property. If you've got an interest in property, buying, selling, renting or investing in property, then I'm sure that we'll have something in the next 20 or 30 minutes that floats your boat and lights your candle. I've got the soapbox out this evening because I want to have a rant, nothing to do with property. I want to have a rant about motorists and cyclists, okay? Cannot understand why motorists give cyclists such a hard time, okay? So I'm gonna tell you a little story that I was in an encounter with a car. Obviously I cycle to work and before I go to work, I I tend to go for a swim. Uh, So leave the house just before six o'clock cycle down to the Western Baths, which is just off Byers Road, go down the hill from downhill onto Byers Road, and it's no later than six o'clock, okay? I've got my lights flashing in the back, I've got a light on my helmet, and this car sweeps past me. Now, you need to appreciate this is six o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, what the hell is that car going so quickly for? And it almost cuts me off, and I'm thinking, that's, that's odd. So as I'm cycling by, I notice that the person who is driving the car has already wound down their window. So as I see the motion of the window going down, I look over and she just gives me this volley of abuse. Get your effing lights on, you effing, effing, effing. I'm thinking to myself, I've got six o'clock in the morning. What the hell is going on? So I cycle on about another 10 metres or so, and I thought, no, I tell you, I'm going to get off my bike and I'm going to go back and see what the heck's going on. So I turn back, go back, and she's already out of the car, and she's pointing at me. I'm saying, what's the problem here? I've got my lights on, pointed to the lights. But what in fact had happened was that the pannier bag had overlapped onto the light stanchion and was probably making it pretty difficult to see that I had lights on. So I held my hands up and I said, listen, you know, fair cop, but, you know, there's no need for you to react like that. And then she uttered the immortal words, I'm a cyclist myself. I'm only trying to keep you right. I said, hold on, wait a second. I'm a cyclist myself and I drive a car but I don't react to a fellow cyclist in the way that, that you've done. And off she toddled. I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. And then as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking, you see when you're driving your car, okay, as we all do, and you encounter somebody who hasn't got their lights on, you don't wind down the window and say, yeah, in the, in the, get your lights on your arsehole. No. You flick your lights and you say, listen, just heads up, your lights are off. But that doesn't happen with, with motorists and cyclists. You just get a volley of abuse. Anyway, you're not here to talk about, or I'm not here to talk about cycling. I'm here to talk about property. So I feel I've got that off my chest. So what we're going to do this week is 
we are in the process of telling you a wee bit more about how you are going to get a mortgage and this time we're talking specifically about getting a mortgage for a second timer. That's to say getting a mortgage where you've already been a first time buyer and you're now facing the situation that you're having to sell your property before you buy another property. So we're going to talk about that and that's pretty much going to be the rump of the show. The other thing I wanted to tell you about was that I'm going to dip my toe back into um, the property development, property refurb market. Now, I've been out of the game as far as that's concerned for probably five or six years. I've got half a dozen flats that are all rented out, but we've got this place down in Kintyre that, in essence, it's not being used. We've, we've got it as a holiday uh, cottage and... Uh, we're just not using it. Kids are now 12 and 14 and we're thinking, you know what, the money could be used better um, than uh, being invested in a property that we're probably only going down to um, three, four times a year. So what I want to do is to take you through the process of selling a property and not only selling a property, getting it on the market, getting an estate agent, getting a solicitor, going through all the legals. But once we've sold the property, then taking you through investing. And really what I want to do is from now, which is the middle of February, my aim and goal is to try and sell the property, okay, get the money, invest the money in another property, and then flip that property. And what I want to try and do is do that all by December. And what I'm going to do is every week I'll give you a snapshot as to where we're actually at in the process. And really what I want to do is to demonstrate how you can do it and really give value out there to anybody who's listening, who's thinking to themselves, gosh, that sounds pretty tricky I'll never be able to do that so what I want to do is to say listen you can do it and uh, I'll hold your hand as we go through the whole process so I'll tell you a little bit more about that next week let's get on to the show shall we and let's talk about the movers and getting the mortgage for you so listen You've decided the first property that you've bought is just too small for you, okay? You've probably maybe got a kid on the way or you've decided, you know what, we're going to shack up with the partner and we're going to sell both of our properties and we're going to go and buy a bigger property. Happens all the time. Your thought then comes to, well, what about the mortgage? When should I be applying for the mortgage? How should I be applying for the mortgage? Should I go and see a broker? Should I go to the bank, the same bank or building society that gave me the mortgage in the first place? There can be any number of questions that are spinning through your head at the moment. And what I want to do in this particular episode is drill it down and give you three bits of solid advice which will ensure that you avoid the usual stresses and strains associated with the purchasing process and in particular getting a mortgage. 
So even before you start thinking of looking at property, I think what you need to do is ensure that you're going to have the wherewithal to be able to afford. And what that means is getting a mortgage. So you should be looking at running an affordability check and a decision in principle, probably before you've even thought of speaking to Clyde, Coram, Slater, Hogg, Nicholas Estate Agents, whoever. Get your affordability done and make sure that you can afford the mortgage, okay? You can run affordability checks. You don't need to go and see a broker. You don't need to go into a, a, a banker building society. Just go on to the banker building, a banker building society's website and run an affordability check. If I was in your position, I'd probably be going to see a broker because the broker is going to be able to get you the best deal. The broker should be able to scour the whole of the market to make sure that not only are you getting the best rate, but you are also getting the correct and best mortgage for your circumstances. So run the affordability before you even put, think about putting your property on the market for selling. Because ultimately what you've got to achieve before you buy your new property is first of all selling your existing property and then getting a mortgage. So I wouldn't even bother about thinking about getting your property on the market or even looking at new property until you've at least got an idea of how much you can afford with regards to your new mortgage. If you've not had a mortgage for four or five years, the whole way of getting a mortgage and how the banks and building societies are going to treat you will have changed dramatically, dramatically over that period of time. There are a lot more hoops to go through. Mortgages are available and they are out there, but you need to be pretty canny. So once you have got um, the affordability done, then you should certainly run the decision in principle. And then the decision in principle will last a period of 90 days. It may well be that you'll need to go back and do another decision in principle, but your 90 days will start ticking from once you have got the decision in principle. I wouldn't probably be running an application for a mortgage until you've actually had an offer accepted for the purchase that you want to make. We'll touch now on should you be putting your property on the market before you've bought a property or should you buy a property or at least start looking for a property, put an offer in for a property before you have sold your own. It's a difficult one to deal with, uh, certainly back in the uh, sort of pre-2006, 2007, before the crash, everybody was very much about buying their property, first of all, and then once they had got their offer accepted on the property that they were wanting to buy, they then went ahead and sold their own property because 
there was more demand for property. We had 2007, 2008, we had the crash, and then very much everybody retracted, and what everybody did from then on was to ensure that they had their property on the market at least, and in many times would not start looking for property themselves until they had an offer in their hands. We're now in a situation where the market is beginning to certainly more than recover um, and we're back to uh, a, a strongish market as far as the west of Scotland is concerned. It's still very patchy, but more and more people are deciding to buy their property, that's to say get their offer accepted verbally before even thinking about putting their property on the market. It's a judgment call. You have to certainly be asking the estate agent uh, what their view is as far as how long they think the property is going to take to sell. Once you have got your decision in principle, your affordability decision in principle, um, I would then be thinking about getting your property on the market. So you're going through the usual rigmarole of a beauty parade with, say, three estate agents. If you want to know what questions to be asking an estate agent, and really what I've decided to do is to do a top 10 as far as questions to ask estate agents. You can get that on the Bricks and Mortar podcast on the YouTube. So just type into YouTube the Bricks and Mortar podcast and you'll get the YouTube videos there. There's 10 or so all about instructing your estate agent. If your property's in a good area, then all well and good, then your property should sell relatively quickly. Before you start instructing a home report, I think it would be a good idea to get somebody out to cast a, a, a BDI over your property better that you know what issues you're going to face before the surveyor comes out and smacks a three, a two or a three on your home report. I would be using somebody like, there's a guy that I use, a fellow called Robin Nickel. I'll tell you a wee bit more about him next week. He came down to the property in Macrahanish in Kintyre to um, give that a once over. So he runs a, a company called Argen Property Limited and his uh, main uh, USP, I suppose, is that he'll go out and he'll do an inspection for you. He won't charge you anything. It's a free once over and it will pick out any nasties as far as the survey is concerned so that you've got a heads up so that you can get these things dealt with so that you can be confident that when you instruct the surveyor to carry out the home report, then your property is going to get a clean bill of health. So get your property, get it ready to go to market and then hold off. Don't put your property on the market until you have had your offer accepted. This is, of course, assuming that you're not wanting to sell your property before you buy. As I say, because the market is now recovering, a lot more people are deciding, you know what, I'm going to get my offer accepted in connection with the purchase 
and then think about selling. So what you need to be doing is getting all the ducks in a row, making sure that you have got your property in pristine condition, you've got the home report, and all you need to do is flick the switch and get the property on the market. Just going back there, you might not want to, in fact, get the home report instructed until you've got your offer. The home report, if you've got, for example, Robin Nickel to go out and you know that your property has got a clean bill of health, I wouldn't be getting the home report until you've got your offer accepted. Getting onto the market, if you've got everything organised and you've got the estate agent chosen, okay, that's to say got all the ducks in a row, then a home report's not going to take very long and certainly within a week you're going to be on the market. And if your property's in a good area, then it will hopefully sell pretty quickly. So that's the second of the two points. First point being run the affordability check and get a decision in principle. Secondly, get your property ready so that as soon as you've got your offer accepted, then your property is ready to get on the market. And the third is to get a redemption statement. The amount of times that I have had clients who do not know how much they actually owe the lender in connection with their existing mortgage. It is absolutely vital. I cannot tell you how important it is to know the numbers as far as the redemption statement is concerned. Because if you don't know what the numbers are there, ultimately you're not gonna know what the profit is that you're going to be making and your profit is going to be then used in order to fund the deposit for the new property. So I would be making sure as one of the first three things to do before even considering looking at a new property is making sure you know exactly to the penny what you are due to pay the lender. And in that will come out whether or not you have to pay a redemption penalty. Now, redemption penalties are something that people recall, recoil in horror when they hear the words redemption penalty. But sometimes you might be on such a rotten rate that you're actually better financially off paying the redemption penalty to get yourself into a better rate. And if that is the case, then what I would be saying to you, if you you can at all possibly do this, and we've done this on a couple of occasions recently with clients, is get the client, because they know that they're going to have to pay a redemption penalty, most of the lenders will allow you to pay 10% of your mortgage off on an annual basis over and above what you've previously agreed with the lender. And what we would be suggesting to clients is to ensure that they paid that 10% off, got rid of 10% of the mortgage. And so therefore, if you're paying a redemption penalty, the redemption penalty is generally a percentage of the outstanding balance of the mortgage. So if you can pay off 10% before they calculate the redemption penalty, then you're going to have to pay less in a redemption penalty. Hopefully, you're not going to have to pay a redemption penalty 
You may have the option, and this is where your broker will be able to crunch the numbers for you. You may have a mortgage, you're not likely, you probably will have a mortgage that is portable. That's to say you can port the remainder of the fixed rate portion onto your new loan. It means what you'll do is you'll ring fence that rate um, and that rate may be a better rate than you can get with uh, for the rest of the balance of the mortgage or it may be a worse rate. But again, you're probably better not crunching the numbers yourself. And that's one where a broker can be absolutely fantastic in nailing down and crunching the numbers to say whether or not it's better financially for you to take the hit on the redemptions on the, the redemption penalty or not to take the hit on the redemption penalty and then port your mortgage over onto a new product. So there we go. Those are the three things when you're looking as a home mover, what you should be looking to do to secure your mortgage and make sure that the whole process of buying and selling is as stress-free as possible. So you've got your affordability and dip, get your mortgage all sorted out before you even consider looking at property. I would be making sure that you get your ducks all lined up with regards to the estate agent so that once you have got your offer accepted for the property you're going to buy, you're good to go with the estate agent. And thirdly, I would be making sure that you know to the penny how much you have to pay to your existing lender because you need to know how much profit you can then take to use when you're going to be buying your new property. I hope that's of use to you. Okay, going to wrap it up there. Um, I want to just tell you a wee bit about where we're going with the, the training as you probably already have listened to previous podcasts. I'm doing my half Ironman. So we're into week two as far as training is concerned. Uh, needless to say, I've already missed about three sessions. Um, work has been pretty mental and what with one thing and another, having to go down to Kintyre, um, it hasn't really been conducive as far as training is concerned. Um, but it is what it is and uh, no doubt we'll catch up over the weeks and months ahead. It's a 12-week process and uh, we're just in, in week two so we're already running short on sleep. Uh, the kids are about to go on to half term and Jane and uh, Emma are off to Paris for uh, four or five days so uh, Muggins here is uh, left holding the fort and the eldest is doing her work placement. Um, she's going down to Paisley A&E to do um, a bit of a work placement down there at the hospital. Goodness knows what Paisley A&E is going to be like next week. And no doubt we'll come, she'll come back either thinking, there's utterly no way I want to be a doctor or do anything 
medical or she'll come back saying, wow, this is fantastic. This is what I want to do. So we'll see where that goes. I wanted to say to you that I've started listening to a podcast. It's called The Mentee Podcast and it really is it is a super podcast. It's hosted by a guy by the name of Jeff Woods and his shtick is all about taking you in a journey from employer to entrepreneur. And he very much espouses the theory that you want to be a fisherman rather than a hunter as far as sort of networking. And he quotes this guy called Jim Rowan, who says that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So just have a a think about that. So think about the five people that you spend the most time with. And what this guy Jim Rowan says is that you are the average of those five people. So what Jeff Woods is saying is that you need to get five mentors to mentee you and those five must be five individuals who are going to be assisting you throughout your career from and your journey from employer to entrepreneur and he's got some you know pretty heavy hitting guys I have to say and his show is very much based around an interview and he's been doing I think he's got about 30 or 40 certainly I've listened to about 30 or 40 of them and yeah they're 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 pretty good, I have to say. So if you're struggling for a podcast, I would go and listen to that. It's called The Mentee, and it's by a guy called Jeff Woods. And in particular, you want to go to episode 34, and he's got a guy on by the name of Joe Sweeney. And Joe Sweeney is, has got a book, and his book is Networking is a Contact Sport. And of all the podcast that I've listened to on this Mentee podcast, that is the one that has got some absolute gold in there um, as far as networking and and how you should be doing networking. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, No spoilers here, but go and listen to it. Episode 34, Joe Sweeney and networking is a contact sport. Absolutely brilliant. Right, I'm going to be out, out of here Um, I've done my cycle, my 40 minute cycle on the stationary bike today. I've done my swim, so I'm just going to go away and stuff my face. It's one of the good things about training for these races is that you can pretty much eat whatever you bloody want. So I'm upstairs to get some toast and then I'm going off to my bed. So so I'm going to sign off here. Please do get in touch with me. If you're needing any assistance, uh, do drop me an email at jonathanwilliams at begleybrown.co.uk. That's jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, jonathanwilliams at begleybrown.co.uk. If there's anything I can do to help you, then please don't hesitate to give me a call on uh, the mobile 
uh, 078-55-18-2541 078-55-18-2541 or as I say on the email delighted to give you a hand and you've been listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast the Bricks and Mortar podcast a sideways look at Prometheus